listener exclusive. It is Monday, June the 13th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, we've waited to record this Two Guys, One Cup until the round, the buy round was complete. Queen's birthday and primarily wanted to do that. I primarily wanted to do that so I could get Will Anderson's take on the D's third loss in a row as the number one <laughs> ticket holder for the I Hate the Demons fan club. <laughs> How does this make you feel? Well, I know we joke about the fact that I hate the demons, <laughs> but what I realized today was I really sat down to watch this game thinking I'm a neutral. I'm absolutely neutral going into this. I have no particular affection, I thought, for Collingwood. I'm like, you know, you know what? Like, if, if Melbourne play really well and I get to see all the Melbourne stars be stars, that'll be a good result as well. And it looked like for a while that was going to be the case. But it was about halfway through the first quarter when Collingwood missed a couple of gettable goals and I realised that I was barracking out loud to no one for Collingwood. <laughs> that I was like, this is not about Collingwood. Yeah. This is about how you feel about... You are getting behind Collingwood only because of how you feel about Melbourne. So um, t- tell me, how does that schadenfreude... Does it, does it taste oh. sweet? Melbourne, get, <laughs> Melbourne getting ahead of themselves. Like a sweet bit of birthday cake for Her Majesty the Queen. It was delicious. Like, I thought Collingwood had blown it because early on they were clearly the dominant team. And I think when we were doing our tips, I said that I, I hoped that Mason Cox would have a blinder and kick like four goals or something like that. Well, he didn't kick four goals, but Mason Cox played the game that I wanted to see Mason Cox play. He dominated. He did like a whole bunch of cool things. He was very Mason Cox a couple of times as well, but it was Collingwood are fun to watch. They play a very exciting brand yeah. of football. They, they, they're just attacking. They, they just like, don't give up. They've got a really exciting like forward line. I, I, yeah, I like them. I, they like are, Collingwood. I think they've snuck up on all of us because we were all like, Oh, they're plucky. They're a plucky team. They'll win a few games, yeah. but they're now on equal points with like the clubs that are just outside the top four. They're actually a genuine top four chance and a genuinely good team. In my head, I'm always like, there's no way that like a guy with like a team that where they have to rely on Bridie Majacek (laughs) can be like a top four team. And then you watch him play and you're like, oh yeah, no, he's reliable. He'd be great at our club. (laughs) Does he want to come play for the Bulldogs? Well, they do have all the elements, don't they? Like they have that kind of breakout sort of mercurial player in Dugowie. They have like absolute class with Steele and Pendlebury. You know, they don't really lack for a lot of stuff except maybe experience, but their older heads are really experienced and their rookies are really exciting and take the game on. So I guess it works. Also, their rookies, like, I mean, Dacos, you can see why people are so impressed by Dacos because he plays like he's played 200 games. It's not, you know, even the amount of possessions or whatever that he gets. It's where he gets them and how he reads the play and his absolute, 
Like he's he's directing the back line. He's organizing stuff. You're like, this is your first season, mate. Calm down. <laughs> now we can't talk about the demons without winding the oh. clock back about a week. <laughs> when yeah. when I bet I you I bet you woke up one morning, you didn't know why, but you just felt like it was gonna be a good day. <laughs> just had a feeling that it was gonna be a good day. And then the news broke oh, about man. a demon's dinner that went a bit awry. Stephen May uh, gets lickered up. Uh, starts mouthing off uh, to people at the table, gets into a bit of a fracas, and now all hell has broken loose. And it's been really interesting. I want to call this little segment, a little mini segment within this segment called Me DR, because there has been a lot of commentary around the Ds this week, and I think it's fantastic. Let's start start with an old favourite, Robbo, on AFL 360. This is what he had to say about Stephen May and what he did. My God, Stephen May... By all reports, he's a really, really good bloke. A really good bloke. But when he gets on the juice, he, he, he opens his mouth. So maybe stop getting on the juice and opening your mouth and getting yourself in trouble. Now, I'm not sure Robbo is in any position to tell exactly. someone to stop getting on the juice and opening your mouth. But that's from the king of getting on the juice and opening. And I understand the irony of me having a go at somebody for getting on the juice and opening their mouth. And that's why I'm not calling on restrictions for that. Yeah. Get on the juice and open your bloody mouth. I mean, it, like if, that, if there's a segment on 360 called Pot Calling the Kettle Black, <laughs> then that would yeah. be a great debut segment. Um, I know, but you know what the problem would be? Robbo would say something racist. (laughs) (laughs) I had someone um, send me a link. There's actually a a Reddit subreddit dedicated to just Robbo on 360, and it's brilliant. I went there and checked it out. Someone has just grabbed like Robbo highlights from like a month's worth of 360s and just cut them together, sort of just focusing in on, you know, his misuse of the English language, (laughs) his kind of like, random sort of like noises and grunts that he makes. And then they'll just like, they'll digitally pan across to Jared, who's just sitting there very patiently with his hands folded, just like waiting for him to get to the semblance of a point. And one of the commenters underneath the video was like, I actually did some work experience at 360 a few years ago. And I got to the studio early and there was Jared, as you'd expect, you know, ultra prepared, sitting at the desk, going through his notes, probably going through his notes to the third or fourth time. And then literally four minutes before they go out live, Robbo rolls in, wiping sausage roll crumbs off his shirt, <laughs> drinking like a Coke, sits down at the table, just glances at the run sheet. Yeah, all right, let's get going. And it's like he's a god amongst men. I mean, he gets to talk about footy for a living, but not very well. It seems, and and not very soberly. No. Like that's. I mean, he, in a way, I guess he has an amazing life. But do you think in the future, you know, because every generation has different societal mores, and there's an evolution of what's appropriate in society. Do you think they 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 will look back on episodes of AFL 360 much like we now look back on Carnival Freak shows, <laughs> where we're like, it was unfair yeah, it's, it's of you cruel. to exploit that person. It was cruel. For other people's amusement. Yeah, you should That guy needed to be in a mental hospital. Yeah. <laughs> not in we front should of the have been getting him help, <laughs> not, not putting him on TV every night. Now, this fight that occurred outside, uh, what, what was the name? Escargo? Entrecont. Entrecont in Greville Street. A very swanky restaurant, as I've been told. Very Melbourne. Like every bit, I know this has been explored extensively, but I couldn't be more Melbourne, right? Like Entrecont, like a place where a steak costs you $150. That's where Melbourne is having their, at a wine tasting. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing a wine tasting and then they bash each other up after a wine tasting. Now, I think it must have been more violent 
than we thought because it seems like not only did the players get injured, but I'm pretty sure a few members of the media got concussion as well. Just listen oh, yeah. to how Damien Barrett describes uh, the incident in this clip here. That, that, that takes some doing to, to anger and rile teammates to the point where the best action for those teammates is, is to put a, a punch on, on, on a head. To put a punch on a head? <laughs> on a head. Now, this is a guy who covers, covers sports professionally. I assume he's watched yeah. boxing at some point. Use, but even, like, there's no sport where you put a punch on someone's head. <laughs> like, that is, like, firstly, you don't put a punch anywhere. And you certainly don't place it upon somebody's head. No, it just caught me by surprise. But it wasn't done there. And this and look, this person is actually, this is more a player than a media personality, but this is Max Gorn um, doing a press conference later in the week talking about the same thing. Melksham now unavailable for Monday's match because of an infection to his hand. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to dance around the bush here. We are not going to dance around the bush. <laughs> they're not going to dance around the bush. It's no bush door. And what, what he means by that is they're not going on that preseason camp Adelaide went on. <laughs> that is definitely not what they're doing. Oh, I thought it was more like Earthcore. We've given away our tickets to Earthcore. We've seen what's happened outside... Oh, Entre yeah. We were going to Burning yeah. Man for the bye, but we are not going to dance around the bush. We're going to concentrate. But it does feel like the elements are all there for something very disappointing. Like if this is the incident that sparks a spiral, and look, they'll still probably contend for a grand final, but I think that this could... I said disappointing was dead, but if they don't win the flag this year and you yeah. can trace a straight line from this fight to them not winning... And then something happens, like there's some fallout after the grand final. Maybe Melksham's moved on or, or something like that. Then I'm like, all right, it's back. <laughs> it's back, baby. Melbourne is the first team to have undone a curse and then reinstated it within a 12-month period. The thing that I love the most is that Stephen May is the central character in this because the stakes are so high. Because they've just shown that they are not the same team without Stephen May playing as they are when Stephen May is playing over the last three weeks. So despite however badly he's behaved, the one thing that Melbourne knows is they've got to keep Stephen uh, May. <laughs> so, he's got him over a barrel. Like he can, right? Like, he's the one. Like, they can probably replace Melchior. Yeah. But even though, you know, so it, it is such an interesting scenario. It feels like the only way that we can take down Melbourne is from the inside. Yeah. Like, and I love well, it. On the field and off the field. Like Stephen May yeah. gets knocked out in that game against Fremantle and suddenly, great, you know, there's your... But also get him to knock out himself <laughs> off the ground in a social setting and you're sweet. I mean, the idea that... I mean, there's what I loved firstly was this idea that there's banter around... Now, there's been denials around like what the legitimate truth is, but it seems that at least somebody was mocked from the fact that the side was better without them in it. And that's why they won the grand final. Yeah. That seems to be the gist of at least what some of the banter was. Yeah. You know what? That's not good banter. <laughs> <laughs> like if you've got to have the most exciting thing in your profession and when one of your mates that you're out at dinner with did not get to... The only person who gets to make a joke about that is the person who did not get to experience it. That is classic yeah. punching down comedy. Yeah. That is we no can good. use that word. That's our word. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We didn't play in a grand final. That's our turn. You can't call us that. We can call ourselves that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it got me thinking about, you know, there's been that discussion uh -huh. for a while about should all players, you know, like everyone on the list, should they all get a medal 
you know, yes. uh, if, if it's from the winning grand final team. And I've always thought, well, that's a not a bad idea. But then part of me is like, well, yeah, everyone should get a medal, but then there should also just be a medal for the people who played on grand final day, which kind of negates... <laughs> You know, the yeah. Everyone gets a medal, but they get a better, a better medal. medal. They get the they get the, <laughs> the real medal. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> now, Will, uh, I'm sure you don't want to talk about this, and it's been beaten to death. Uh, but we have to talk about Bailey Smith. Um, uh, a lot yeah. of people, when uh, we put out the call for comments, wanted to talk about Bailey Smith. So it's going to be a shorter letter, letter department. So let's get into it. Um, I think this has been handled so well. Like I think you know, it's yeah. not the it's not the first time something like this has happened, but the response to it, I reckon they have done such an excellent job of pouring in. I mean, Stephen May. First of all, Stephen May must have been like, "Thank God, like thank God, someone's got me off the back page." I imagine Stephen May has released the photographic <laughs> 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 evidence. Right. I was going to get to that, but okay, we can talk about it now. <laughs> Here are my list of suspects: <laughs> <laughs> Stephen May. Yeah, the former model for Cotton On, the 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 the, the oh, model yeah. who had the former contract, and every yeah. single man in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's my list of suspects. Um, it, it, look, I, I agree with you. In like, obviously, you don't want something like this to, you know, happen in the first place. Like, drugs can be incredibly dangerous for people whose mental health isn't right and they are illegal it should be noted of course but as you and i have discussed very many times if there had been camera phones around you know at the ages we were when yeah that bailey smith is then it, it you know there'd be compromising photos of us floating around but they wouldn't just be compromising photos of us there'd be compromising photos of a whole bunch of you know, uh, entertainment stars and sports stars and, and AFL Upstanding players and politicians. Members of society. And <laughs> exactly. I mean, we all know that this is a thing that happens. Yeah. And we all know there must be 10% of the AFL playing list that when that came out about Bailey Smith had the thought of just going, is there anything yeah. like that that exists of me doing that exact I same thing? I did not see as much pearl clutching as I thought I was going to see, or has happened in the past. I don't think there was the moral panic that normally accompanies no. a story like this. In fact, if you... You know how I know well, that? The two the two people that I thought would go hard on it, both didn't, which was Caroline Wilson was very understanding and like I thought had a very measured approach to what it was. And Tony Shaw. Like Tony Shaw is from the Neil Mitchell school of like, he always says, I hate drugs. Like he's like very anti-drugs. But even he doesn't think... I mean, it wasn't like he was saying it wasn't a big deal, but he was saying this is a societal issue and, you know, it's ridiculous in this modern day society if we think that that's not a temptation that young AFL players have, mm. particularly young, hot. <laughs> like, I mean, because the thing is, he might be an AFL footballer, but in the off-season, he was hanging out with a lot of models. Yeah. Now, guess what models do in their free <laughs> yeah. time? Drugs. Well, <laughs> Heaps of drugs. Let me just say, whoever he's been hanging out with, whoever passed that yeah. bag, that's a generous bag. Like, it was a big, <laughs> fat bag. I'm like, well, look, it's pretty, you know, it would be rude to not to take it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's like hundreds of thousands of dollars right there. Who knows? But on a serious note, if it was indeed as the story has been released, that it happened in that period of time post-grand final and he was, you know, going through a period of time of trying to get his head around a whole bunch of things in his life and that was one of the ways that he was doing it. A, 
that does not surprise me. That is a thing that happens. Um, but B, I think the thing was that it was out of season and it felt like when he had that mental health break and whatever, people could go, this doesn't just seem like a cover story. Mm. Like, yeah, sometimes, I mean, everyone really says it's a mental health issue. Like a lot of the time, maybe it is, but like everyone always says that. Yep. So when somebody says that, I, you, there's some skepticism and doubt around that, but he's got a on the record timeline of that happening and, and us knowing that he has a history of that. So none of that surprised me, but the thing that surprised me was how well they handled yeah. it. I don't think I've ever seen it handled better than like he, he fronted the media today. Right. Like he, he, you know, like not just the press statement. I mean, the first day it was a press statement, but the fact that he in that press statement admitted to the fact that he had done it. Like there was no sort of wishy wash. Well, they, it was a listed substance. He didn't say like a bag of gack or yeah. something. Like, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, admitted that it was. It, there was no sort of mysterious. Yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't an Oktoberfest uh, legal yeah. ground up something or another. No, none, none of that. Like I did this thing. This is when I did it. This is why I did it. This is what I was thinking when I did it. This is what I think now. These are the measures I've put in place since then to assure me that I am not going to go back to that again because that's not something I want to see in my life. That's all the things that you want from somebody who's made a mistake and can then grow. That's great. You then have to prove it. Mm. You then with your actions have to prove that, you know, because all eyes are going to be on you now. Mm. Like that's it. Like, all eyes were on him anyway. Yeah. And this story at the moment is fine and fun. And I think they're handling it all well. And it's probably hopefully a really good moment in the rest of his life. But I hope we've all learned something <laughs> from Ben Cousins because this is Ben Cousins. Yeah. This is the glamour. Yeah. Like, I mean, but I mean, in, Ben was, I know, older and, you know, and whatever, but he was the kind of pretty pin-up face of the AFL, like, you know, and performed on the field with, like, the same sort of courage and running capacity and all these sort of things. Like, all those things that it made people overlook the fact that he eventually developed, like, a really serious drug problem. So I think you do have to be careful about... I, I like that there's not sort of... I mean, maybe there is on TikTok and stuff like that, but I remember when the Ben Cousins thing happened, there was all Facebook groups and stuff, I want to party with Ben Cousins mm. and... I'm not sure any of that in the it, when we look back on it was particularly helpful for uh, Ben pulling the brakes. Yeah. You know? Whereas I think in a case like this, you hope that it's um, you know that everything they're saying is 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 how they're going to go forward. I reckon. I mean, it's great that that Bailey fronted the media and, and and was so honest. I also think he could have just walked up to the media pack and just lift up his shirt and just pointed at his abs and gone, "You want to keep seeing these?" <laughs> Yeah. I keep saying these. I can't, I can't drink six beers on a Saturday <laughs> night, mate. Sorry, <laughs> everyone's allowed to have fun, but if I drink six beers on a Saturday night, I am not going to look like. Say this goodbye anymore. to these puppies, huh? And then he just makes his pecs dance for yeah. a bit. Yeah, and then, exactly. You want you, you know that famous magazine? Buy this magazine, or the puppy yeah. dies. It's yeah. the, that's the, the version of Bailey Smith. He goes out there and yeah. he goes, "Look." The, the teenage girls of Australia have made their choice. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot be drinking beers. Now, uh, you mentioned Caroline Wilson before going easy on Bailey, yes. which is great. Someone she didn't go so easy on uh, was another young gun by the name of Jason Horn Francis. This is uh, 
Caroline Wilson on Confidential earlier last week. Channel 7's um, Instagram, they do a fake trade situation. In, this one involves Zach Butters and Port Adelaide and um, Jason Horn Francis going to Port. Jason Horn Francis liked the post today and then realised he made a bit of a blue and unliked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this Jason Horn Francis thing, because after this, obviously, on the weekend, um, you know, against GWS, he got into that slanging match with Goldie. Who knows what was being said, but. He seems Firstly, can you ever imagine when Caroline Wilson, one of the most like, you know, awarded journalists in like a pioneer in football <laughs> journalists, particularly for women, ever imagined that one of her reports was going to involve someone liking and then unliking a fake trade tweet. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Do we talk about football too much? Yeah. I mean, it is I, I think we spoke about this uh, on our tips thing, but this whole situation reminds me of Nathan Buckley going to the Bears when mm. Nathan Buckley was like the standout number one draft pick and Brisbane were, were terrible and he went there and he made it very, very clear that it was only going to be for one year. He wasn't going to sign in longer than that. He wanted to go to a Melbourne or a Carlton or one of the big Victorian clubs. And so I feel like there's a bit of this going on is that Jason Horn francis is a gun. Like he's an out-and-out -out gun, but he's over it. You can see from the way he's playing and what he's doing on the field, taking trips out letting the club know, like liking I mean, himself in a fantasy trade like, scenario. He's like on the weekend, he's like him and Goldie are in a, like, a, like an argument yeah. in the middle of the field and he's like punching blokes and he's not, not playing well either. Yeah. Like he, I was like, I always thought early on, I was like, oh, come on, there's not that much in this, but he is... Like, he looks like he's chucking a tantrum. Yeah. He's like, this place is shit. Everyone told me this was going to be good and this is shit and I want to go home. I mean, I, this is, I don't know how you feel. This might be old school, but I look at that and I'm like, yeah. I don't want that at my no. club. Like, if you're one of the Adelaide clubs going great, he's going to come to us in, in a second. But I don't like a dude who cracks the shits when things get no. hard. Like, he, he, you want the guy, you want him to be the best player on the field. Yeah, you want him down, to be showing them up, up by his actions on the field yeah. and then walk away with dignity in it at the end of the season. Because if, if, the, if the conditions have to be perfect for him to excel, then yeah. what's going to happen when he does go to Adelaide or Port Adelaide and they get shit? Is he just going to chuck the shits then and then go back to another club? Yeah, well, I believe what he was yelling at Goldie was, I want a golden goose and I want it now, Goldie. <laughs> It does also bring up my most loathed thing in football. We've talked about this before, mainly with WA players, is the go-home factor. Yeah. Like, get over it. It's a national competition. It's been a national competition <laughs> for almost 30 years now. Chances are you're going to play in a different state. You big boys, we've all had to move out of home when we turned 18. Go play in another state. You're getting to play football. Stop this go-home factor. It sucks. I hate it. I mean, and the other thing is the go-home factor is never about the good cities. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's like real. Like, I can understand if there was a like, you never hear about a go-home factor with players flocking back to Sydney. That's true. Like, it's always to Adelaide or WA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Are you guys aware of where you're wanting to go home to? I can understand the idea of wanting to play, I guess, in your home state. If you if like, yeah, I mean, football is such a state identity in West Australia and South Australia that maybe you just grow up wanting to be a South Australian 
football identity. Sure. And maybe you see yourself like a nice media path there. You know, mm. you look at a Kane Corns or a Andrew Jarman or whatever, and you think, I. yeah, this, this is me. This is what I, I can, can do own for the pub, rest of my life. I can own a pub. Yeah. I get like a, a cushy right. kind of radio job. Radio job, pub, on a board. Yeah. Somewhere. And parking's cheap. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Fringe is great. I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, man, Adelaide. Yeah. I'll get a season pass to the runner room. <laughs> Just really like Billy's pies, you know. <laughs> that should be. A question like when they do the psych yeah. evaluation, like when North yeah. Melbourne were interviewing Jason Horn Francis. Yeah. Do you think he lied? I mean, they must yes. have that. Okay. So I remember said, but, at the time. But if he wanted to get. But he could have gone to Adelaide. But North Melbourne said this because they knew that. They knew he was from right. Adelaide and they know about something in football, Charlie, that you might not have heard of, but the experts know about. It's called the go home factor. <laughs> and they knew that the go home factor might be relevant so they literally gave they they were like are you sure okay like are you sure that you want to come here and all his statements were very much around i want to be a north melbourne player for life this is great i think see this <laughs> did he is, actually you know, like, say that he didn't <laughs> well, he didn't say i want to be a north melbourne player for life did he uh, the podcast mike can you look up uh, so when afl draft <laughs> Look up the AFL draft <laughs> from last year and see if you can find Jason Horn Francis on what his comments about being drafted to North Melbourne were because it, he was happy about it. But maybe they didn't ask him the right questions. They yeah. should have snuck in some like Adelaide stuff. Yeah. That, like they should have been like, "Hey, okay, what do you like? Fantails?" He's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, in you know a small amount." Um, yeah, what about um, like a Snickers bar? Oh, maybe only in pre-season. You know, while I'm playing during the season, I probably wouldn't have a Snickers bar. Uh, what about a fruit choc? Oh my God, they're the best. Ah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I knew it. It's like that scene in Inglorious Bastards when you're talking to a German about strudel. Yeah. Oh, I can tell he's a real German. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about Ann Wills? How many logos does she want? 17. What? Oh, I got you. We don't do merch on this show, but if we did, no. I'd love to get a t-shirt. That's like a white t-shirt with blue writing that says, I want to be a North player for life. And then on back is just a picture of like fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, podcast Mike, have you managed to find any of Jason Horton Francis's comments about being drafted to the North Melbourne Football Club? Uh, so the quote I've got here is, I can't wait to get into things with the North Melbourne Footy Club. I'm he really excited. He meant actually excited. get into arguments. That's what he would get into things. Like, I want to get into a fight with Todd Goldstein. He goes on, I'm really excited and it's a special moment I've got to share with some great people. North are going in the right direction. They've got a lot of young midfielders and I think I can learn a lot from the players at the club. That <laughs> appears to be everything. Okay, well, that's that's not quite, I'd like to be a North <laughs> Melbourne player for life. You're right. It's a bit more measured. But he did say all the right things. I just I just would have thought that a player like, he knows he's going to go top three no matter what. And what didn't Adelaide finish in the bottom three last year? So couldn't he have just said to North, hey, look, I know you guys are interested, but to be honest, like, I will start throwing tantrums on the field. I'm going to get to an argument with Goldie if you guys draft me. Just... I mean, that must be a factor. Otherwise, why would they do psychological profiles on players? 
Hey, do you reckon you'll find this such hard work that halfway through the season you'll punch another <laughs> player in the face? <laughs> I mean, I do feel sorry for him because going to North Melbourne is it's hard work. Yeah. But also that those top draft choices, there's so much attention on them. And I think there was just like you know, Dacos goes to Collingwood. And he gets to look really fantastic because there's still a lot of other really fantastic players around him mm. at Collingwood. But North Melbourne, um, they're not going very well, Charlie. <laughs> I know. And it, I, I feel bad because it felt like last year we had one of those seasons where even the worst teams won four games. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is good. It's a fairly even competition. But with West Coast and North, and West Coast are getting away like absolutely scot-free. I mean, I know there's last couple of weeks ago there was a bit of a focus on them, but they've given up. <laughs> they've literally just... I, I, I don't think they're going to come back after the bye. <laughs> I, I think that... They've gone to rot nest. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think that West Coast could do worse than sending all their... Like, retiring their legends... Sending all their players who need surgery into surgery and then fielding the best of the waffle teams every week in the AFL. <laughs> well, let's, while we're on the subject of Western Australia, Will, uh, your second favourite team, uh, yes. mentored by many ex-Bulldog greats, uh, must be said, is absolutely flying. Uh, they welcome back their inspirational captain, Nathan Fife on the weekend, who is serviceable. Um, it was good. I did see a little uh, interview he did after the game where he said that he spoke to like you know Angus Brayshaw and Caleb Sarong was like, "Hey, just treat me like I'm a I'm a first time a first game player today. Just tell me where to go." And I'm like, "Well, that's convenient for someone who doesn't know the names of his teammates." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, no, no, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be playing that role as well as a first game player." And that I'll just say, "Quick hands, quick hands is what I'm gonna call all." <laughs> Yeah, he took a little while to get back into the swing of it, which is understandable. But, like, he's going to help them. Mm. It, it didn't... It. I mean, Hawthorne were good. I, I watched this game, and Hawthorne were very good for a lot of the game. And Frio, I don't think we're actually even playing their best, but they just had enough good players who had enough good moments. And Andrew Brayshaw yeah. is... Like, you wanted to see how it would work with five back, and you were like, oh, yeah, no, it'll work fine. Like their midfield can still do what their midfield does. He can play mostly forward and float through the midfield for impact. It only makes them better, I think. I think losing Adam Chera has been a really good thing for Fremantle. Chera goes, it means Brayshaw and Sarong have to step up and take more responsibility and Fife not being around either. And it's actually just fast-tracked the development of Sarong. I mean, Sarong's good. He's not at, at Brayshaw's level, but he's a good serviceable midfielder. And then like Blake Akers, who... The whole time is at St Kilda. We all were like, "Oh, this guy! If you could just put it together, like he's he's got that he's a or like a Josh Kennedy crossed with Nat Five, big bodied midfielder who can take an overhead mark and who'll give you these glimpses here and there." And then finally, it's come good. <laughs> like three years after we traded him, he's finally come good. <laughs> but he is good. Yeah. And yeah, there's. I mean, that. Did you see the Brayshaw goal? Mm -hmm. That like, one soccer the goal for yeah. the. That's one of my favourite goals I've seen in a long time because he's he meant it. Yeah, <laughs> like he he just you were like you could I think you could probably get a game with the Socceroos at the moment with keeping your body position and like soccering the ball in that way. It was so skillful. I didn't know that was a part of his game. I think like you you think of his game as being this 
you know, inside, not particularly flashy, not bursting away from packs, not kicking spectacular goals, and then he just kicks this absolute ripper of a goal. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we found out that Mrs. Brayshaw, Andy and Angus's mum, famously has a, yeah. a scarf that's one half Freo, one half the Demons. Not anymore. I think she should <laughs> adjust it according to ladder position. So maybe it's oh, like yeah, 60% okay. Freo, 40% Melbourne now, like just based on recent wins, <laughs> last five games. <laughs> you sort of tip it like the worm. Well, yeah, I, I like that. Well, it, would, it, even if she wore it just in general, like when they were over, like the worm. Yeah. So like if they're having a conversation at the table, she like has the scarf on. <laughs> she just tugs it left or right. She just tugs it in different directions <laughs> based on... I think you're the best mother in the world. <laughs> oh, well, well, I would like to uh, buy you a new car. <laughs> Goes back the other way. Well, I'm going to buy you a house. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to Nat Five. Uh, speaking of Nat Five, like for Frio yeah. listeners to do you guys one cup, for the last five years, all you've ever heard is we don't know who any of your players are. It's just Nat Five and, and Sonny Walters. And now all we do is talk about Frio and how good your list is. But yeah. the king is back, baby. Nat Five is back. And I, for one... Uh, I'm so wrapped. He did a big sit down on, on the couch and it was chef's kiss glorious. It was everything you want from Nat Fife. It was everything you want from an extroverted introvert. Thoughtful, articulate, but there was something kind of, there was just something kind of Hansel about the whole thing. Like, he was sitting in this, what you think is a, just like a, a display, a home. display home. It's a local real estate <laughs> home that is on the market that he has the hookup with and they have taken him into the, it was, I just, it did not look like a house that anybody had ever lived in. But there was just a very enigmatic, the only thing, so there's a fireplace in the background that wasn't on. And it, Will's no, right, it did look very clean. Because they couldn't clean. work out how to turn it on because it was not their house. <laughs> but there was this little like um, like fragrant candle burning and like a little uh, burner behind it, just like enigmatically, just like yeah. in the background. Like you would have at a real estate open house. Yeah. <laughs> but I just felt like if the camera had panned left, you would see like a couple of Sherpas, you know, making, you know, uh, uh, bread in the pizza oven and the half pipe and stuff. That, that total kind of Hansel warehouse kind of look. And no, what you would actually find, Charlie, is a whole bunch of A4 uh, descriptions and pictures of the house. <laughs> and how much and what the price might be at an auction. Recent sales guide. <laughs> um, but he did say one thing that really caught my attention, and, I, and, and, it, and it dovetails into another uh, two guys, one favourite. So this is what he said on, on, on the couch. More than what I can do on field, I think Dave Mundy, Michael Walters, Travis Collier, the senior players, we have a big job, Alex Pierce, of providing a stable platform um, we're in weapons development, basically. We've got so many good young players and our job is to provide that leadership that they can really bring our club um, to a position we haven't been to before. Weapons development. You know what I love is, A, Nat Fife could well be in weapons development. <laughs> There's something about the life that he lives that if in the off-season he got involved in some Tony Stark-esque escapade around weapons development, yeah. that would not... Surprised me at all, but the idea that the language around football is not only do people have weapons, but we have weapons. We're in weapons development. We thought it was so hilarious when Kane Corns was railing on Matt Rowell about his lack of weaponry. Little did we know this is commonplace vernacular in the AFL world. 
Well, but also, it doesn't really matter if Matt Rowe doesn't have any weapons at the moment, if you can e- so easily develop access them. weapons development. <laughs> Someone wrote that on a whiteboard yeah. at the start of the preseason. You can just see it. Like, it was either Longmuir... Oh, someone wrote it on a and said, we're not a footy team. We're in weapons development. And they all had yeah. to like write it in their notepads and underline it. it, it but it absolutely, I think, would appeal to young oh, of men. Of course. Right? Yeah, they all play Fortnite and Call of Duty and shit. You're, you're not in training. You're in weapons development. You know, you're not, you're not doing pre-season. You're in weapons well, development. Well, maybe that's... It makes it sound much cooler. That's probably how the senior players need to approach Jason Horn Francis. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the, that, that's what's the, been the missing ingredient. In the whole, it's just the terminology. They said, you're a bit, you're a bit of a tool, mate. No, weapon, weapon. Sorry, weapon. you're a weapon, mate. <laughs> We're in tool development yeah. down here. <laughs> uh, now, there's no brain Dwayne this week, mainly because I didn't really watch much football, uh, so I didn't hear the commentary, but something will has come to light, which has just rocked my world. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, eagle-eyed two guys, one cup listeners, spotted your face in the footy record in the spot, The Difference. Yes. And we speculated, is there someone at the footy record who listens to two guys, one cup? Well, <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> that question was answered with a brand new spot, The Difference. Uh, Mike, could you share the screen, please? Let's see if you <laughs> can use your... Powers of deduction to work out the difference between these two photographs. Enhance, Michael. Well, enhance. Oh, it's, it's okay. Yep. All right. It's okay. Instead of a Yago O'Meara's face, it's your face. <laughs> yes. But here's the weird part to zoom in. They've kept Yago O'Meara's ears on my head. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who knows me knows one of my weird distinguishing features is I have small ears. Not ears like that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't actually look like your face on his body in the same way as mine did on Angus Brayshaw. This actually looks like a face mash. It <laughs> looks like you and Jaeger O'Meara had a child and that's what your child would look like. It, no, it looks like it looks like I'm some kind of like World War II Nazi experiment with like primates and monkey like offspring. I look totally like some super soldier. Some they super tried soldier to develop half, some super soldier, half gorilla, and it's all because I've got Jaeger O'Meara's ears. But uh, yeah, so I I checked the credits of it, the answers, and it's like um, uh, two guys, one cup, and AFL record fan Charlie Clawson. So someone is clearly now uh, now now messing with us. Um, well, what I would say is it probably is not surprising if you th- if you think about this. How many podcasts do you think there are out there that regularly mention the AFL football records? <laughs> I imagine that we are amongst a very minimum... Like, it wouldn't be down at AFL footy record headquarters. They're like, oh, fuck, another Google alert. Someone else is talking about the AFL footy record again. We've got to download the podcast. We talk about it a lot. Well, how can we use our powers, though? Like, what would you like to see in a spot the difference? Name a name a celebrity or another podcast. And maybe it's like Michael or Adam from Junk Time. You'd like to see their faces put onto a, a, a spot the difference. 
I mean, I would like to see that. I would like to see anyone who has an AFL podcast. That should be the theme of the Spot the Difference. Obscure (laughs) AFL podcast. Because there's nothing that a kid at the footy (laughs) loves more than working out his favourite player as the head of some obscure podcaster. Uh, Okay. Uh, While we're on the footy record, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. Oh, yes. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Luckett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. That's right, it's Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, this week I thought we'd take a trip down to Tigerland. They're a fighting fury down at Tigerland. Um, do you know the ruckman Ivan Soldo? I mean, I'm familiar with who Ivan Soldo is. I don't know much about Ivan Soldo. I did not know that it was Soldo and not Solo, as in Han Solo. I thought his name was Ivan Solo, but it's Soldo. Did you know that? uh, Yeah, I did know that, but I've always thought it was Han Soldo. So (laughs) I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Uh, Ivan or Ivan Solo? I think it might be Ivan or Ivan. Uh, Ivan, Big Ivan, Big Ivan Soldo, Big Ivan Soldo. Ivan, that sounds better, right? Uh, Ivan, 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 Ivan Soldo. I think it's Ivan. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's, a, it's this guy. It's the, Ivan Sol- Soldo. Yeah, it's I Soldo. I Soldo a boat <laughs> on oh carsguide.com. Uh, okay, so you don't know anything about this dude. Um, no. Okay. I mean, not even how to pronounce his name properly. Clearly. So, I mean, I don't know if it's Ivan or Ivan. I think it's Ivan, but I don't know for sure. And you thought his last name was Solo. So, no, it's fair to say. don't know a lot about him. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's start with his favourite non-AFL sporting team. Okay. Um, it's a Premier League Premier League team. Mm, Do you want a clue? I'm one of the bigger um, ones. Okay. I've got, a good, I've got a good clue for you. Okay, what's the clue? I want to hear the clue. If I was swimming in human organs. <laughs> if you were swimming in human organs. You might organs, say I was in one of these. You were in, uh, um, you were in a uh, Chelsea? <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> That's pretty good. You're on the right track. What is also a body of water? Um, the river that people lake, like to swim in, um, ocean, uh, pool. Uh, oh, pool. Uh, oh, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good. All right, good clue. All right, uh, that's uh, we'll, we'll call that an assist and a goal. I'll get a uh-huh. point as well for that. Um, does Ivan or Ivan go to AFL games when the Tigers are not playing? Mm, interesting. Well, he's Melbourne based, so he could. Um, but I'm going to say no. Correct. All right. Turns out you not oh. knowing anything about a player is probably the best setup for you. Um, okay. Should the centre bounce be retained? And this is an adorable Ooh, answer. It, it's okay. kind of... Um, it's it's adorable in the, in the sense that it's um, it doesn't sound confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I'm not going to win either way. or like, Very short, three uh, words. Um, uh, I don't know. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he's scared he's going to get in trouble if he gives the wrong answer. It turns out the like uh, AFL commissioner reads these (laughs) footy profiles. It's like that. Get rid of that guy. Yeah, he's got two lists. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what's his non-football wish for 2022? Okay. This was a bit more common last year, this wish. Mm. Uh, family, to be reunited with, mm. to travel overseas. To travel overseas, correct. Um, who rules the roost in your household? Mm. Now, this answer could be interpreted in many ways. Mm. Okay. My clue is... Um, it, this could this could be a sexy answer. It could oh. be a sexy answer or an innocent answer. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it could be sexy. Who rules the roost? Um, who whoever's on top? <laughs> <laughs> no, more specific. It's more of a. Um. It's more of an. It's it's a it's a, fa- a position within a family. <laughs> okay, um, it could be a subcategory on Pornhub. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's not a subcategory, uh, but it is definitely like there seems to be an abundance of this kind of gross uh, step <laughs> stepdad or something. Close. <laughs> Who rules the roost in your house, Daddy? Oh. It's, it's like unless Daddy's Daddy. his dog, he might have a dog called Daddy, but even that Maybe. I think is weird. <laughs> No, you shouldn't call your dog daddy. Come here, daddy. (laughs) Come here, daddy. Stop licking that daddy. Goodbye, daddy. (laughs) Goodbye, daddy. Beg, daddy, beg. (laughs) Weirdo. All right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ivan, weirdo. (laughs) The D's not silent and weirdo. It's not Ivan, weirdo. Okay. (laughs) Where where did Ivan, Ivan go to Ozkick? Um, uh, trick, trick, he didn't. trick. Yeah, that's great. You fuck, man. You know, you know. It, it takes it hard to be a soldo man. You've got to take the lead and make the others <laughs> so, follow. I just, I, you know what? Uh, he's light on the fizz, so I can slam it down fast, <laughs> just like his daddy. <laughs> um, okay. Now we've done a few of these pocket okay. profiles this year. And if you can't get this, then you have not been listening to every oh, single response. I haven't. What no. was <laughs> <laughs> what was the common theme of your report card? Oh, okay. Um, easily distracted, distracts others. Distracts others. Every single fucking time. I had that report as well. And I thought it was just me. Now I know either I'm more like an AFL uh, footballer than I than I realised, or this is just what teachers write on every fucking report card. I, I think kids are pretty distracting. <laughs> I think in general, kids distract other kids. Well, there could be a high level of kind of like ADD amongst footballers too. That it'd be like a high performance athlete, you know, is kind of constantly driven and stuff. But also, they're like sports mad. They're thinking about getting to lunchtime and getting kicking to the footy at lunch, the, the footy overall at lunchtime. Um, can Ivan Soldo keep a secret? Mm, interesting. Uh, no. No, that's your first blunder. He can. He mm. prides himself on it. Um, who is the best storyteller at your club? This surprised me. Um, he is a exquisitely skilled, but can't fly under the radar tiger. No. He's not one of the first names. Like when he's, I would have just immediately jumped to Jack Revolt, but it's not that. You've got to almost go the, opposite direction still a like class player obviously but um i'd say underrated by many a classy underrated 
Almost yeah. has two first yeah. names. Almost. Uh, okay. Um, no, nah, I'm going to have to pass. Who is it? If Australia's greatest ever bowler. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See, okay, Warren Shane. 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 Shane Tuck. No. Edwards. Edwards. Shane Edwards. Shane Edwards. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, who's the best social outing organiser at your club? This is the most Aussie rules, like Aussie footballer name. Like, you know how there's all, every club has like a Jaden or a Jaron or whatever? Mm-hmm. This is like clearly the parents have squished two names together to come up with this. Surname McIntosh. Oh, yeah. Bra- Braden Caden. McIntosh? Caden. It might as well be Braden. Caden <laughs> McIntosh. And who's the most tech-savvy teammate? Um, mm, interesting. Another Tiger with two first names. I believe elevated to captain or vice captain this year. Mm, Is Dylan Grimes the captain or not? I was going to say it's It's not not Dylan Dylan Grimes. Grimes. It's the other guy. Uh, Toby Nankervis. Mm, Oh, is he a captain? I thought this guy was. Okay, no, it's neither of those two guys. Okay, um, if Um, you were to give one of the goodies a (laughs) handjob... Okay, so um, his name is Wank Oddie. <laughs> Jack Graham. Oh, I don't think he is the captain. No. Okay, that, that was entirely misleading. I apologise. Um, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Okay, interesting. Uh, clues? Um, if he were to run... For office, yeah. Homer Simpson would skate it in and drive him mental. Uh, because it is Dylan Grimes. Dylan Grimes, Grimey. Oh, yeah, Dylan Grimes. <laughs> Dylan Grimey Grimes. <laughs> uh, okay, rate your cooking skills from one to four. How does oh. Ivan Soldo? <sighs> this seems like an um, earnest, an earnest response. He does, doesn't he? But I don't know if that means that he like tries really hard and he rates them well or whether he would be humble about his... I'd say he's going to say three, just a three. I think, yeah, you're close. It's four. And that's, yeah, I think you, you're in the pocket, which is like, he's going to be honest. He's not going to be... He's not going to boast and he's not going to be self-deprecating. It's somewhere in yeah. the middle. So, yeah. Uh, what's right. his uh, best dish? Uh, this is a South American or a Spanish dish, I believe. One word. Paella? Paella. I do not pronounce the L. So you pronounce the uh, D and you don't pronounce paella. the in Soldo. <laughs> and you don't pronounce the L's in Paella. But no, I well maybe you don't pronounce it in Soldo. If he loves Paella, maybe <laughs> it is Solo, solo, solo. to him. Um, uh, worst cooking disaster? Mm. Again, very kind of measured, honest response here. Um, oh, interesting. One so no barbecue answer. explosion, no... No paella pan disaster. No. Um, You're overthinking it, mate. Oh, so what's his worst cooking disaster? Um, just a one-word answer. Just move on. Oh. He say, He just says, he just says... None? None. <laughs> I mean, I was shaking my head, <laughs> which pretty much is the answer. I feel like they can't award you that one. Okay. Is he a golf, tennis, or neither dude? Mm, interesting. Um... He's a big guy. Like, yeah. I never really think of golf, like, big guys as being golfers. Yeah. Tennis, like, if you're a really big guy, I feel like yeah. you're more basketball and he loves soccer, like, clearly. I'm going to say no, neither. No, he's a tennis guy. Oh. You're having a bad third quarter. Uh-huh. 
Have you ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or illness? Okay. Now, based on previous answers, like it feels like every week it's been yes, that everybody's looking at Dr. Google for answers. Mm. Almost like it's club policy. Before you bother us, <laughs> Google it and see what Google says. But the thing that I know about Ivan Ivan Solo Soldo is he is a bit of a measured fella and maybe he doesn't go in for that nonsense. So I'm going to say no. Okay. You're correct. That's a no. He, I agree. He's, he's a beautiful combination of innocence and practicality. That's what I'm getting yeah. from this. Um, this next answer is a perfect demonstration of that. It could be the answer given by a 12-year-old. What is your idea of a perfect day? And he just wants to go to one place. And it's, a, and it's not even a specific place. It's just a generic place. Oh, beach? A day at the theme park. <laughs> oh, I was going to say Disneyland, but then yeah. you didn't say it's not even a specific place. I was like, Disneyland? A day at a theme park. Yeah. Which one, Ivan Solzhenitsyn? Anyone. Wobby's World. Don't care. <laughs> Gumbaya Park. <laughs> Love it. Gumbaya Park. It's halfway between Gippsland and Melbourne. <laughs> Uh, what are something that you're proud of? And I, pre-warning, you're not going to guess this because okay. I've actually Googled it. Give me it. a clue, great. Give me a clue. Oh, like, um, something you're proud of mm. is something that the majority of the characters on The Walking Dead had. Um, brains? <laughs> <laughs> Zombies' ability. Zombies ability. Now, we might have to get podcast marking on this because this feels like a young person thing. So I Googled zombies ability. What does it oh, mean? Yeah. Is, is it a gaming thing? That's what I thought. So, yes, it can be. So in Call of Duty, there's like a zombie mode that you can play mm -hmm. in. And if you get zombies ability, it's like, I don't know, you can regenerate or you don't feel bullets or whatever. Also in Final Fantasy, uh, wiki.com, a zombie is a spell that causes a zombie status effect, meaning the target will be injured when curative abilities are used on it. Now, again, this is a guy who loves going to the theme park and stuff. Is this just a, like a like a zillennial thing that we don't get? Or is like zombie ability like a, a new street drug <laughs> we don't know about yet? Like everyone's focused well, mate, on Bailey when really zombie ability is what you've got to get worried about. Is there a chance maybe that... Um Ivan Soldo is just a massive fan of the band The Cranberries and got into the song Zombie by The Cranberries <laughs> and sings it at like karaoke night. I've got the ability the to sing Zombie. Is that zombie. What you're I've got, you know, like he does because it's a pretty hard song to sing, you know. Yeah. It's, it's very emotional. Uh, podcast Mike, do you have any uh, anything to say about this? If I said to you, what's a zombie ability? Do you, does anything come to mind? I have no idea. I've never heard of it, to be honest. Okay. Well, then maybe he actually has zombie ability. Like, is there any chance that, like... <laughs> He's <in> undead? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Maybe. Just be careful. Uh, accusations you throw around in this day and age, Will. Don't want to get cancelled for calling a player a zombie. I don't know. When they asked what his favourite meal that he could cook, did he say brains? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what is the biggest compliment you've ever received? Mm. He's taken this as a compliment. To me, this is someone just stating a fact about him, looking at you're him and just stating, you're very tall. Yeah. Is that a compliment necessarily? I mean, I guess if you're told you're very tall all the time, you've just got to take it as a compliment. Oh, I, so have... I misread that. It's not you're very tall. You're pretty tall. 
No, I think, pretty tall. A, I think that's a backhanded comment. He's, neg- he's being negged. Yeah, you're pretty tall. You're pretty tall, but I've seen taller. Yeah. Have you seen Mason <laughs> two, Cox now? That's tall. Peter. How about him? Yeah. Um, if you could play an instrument, what would it be? Uh, interesting. Um, piano's come up a lot recently, but he doesn't strike me as a piano person. Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know now. Um, guitar. Piano. You should have stuck with ah, your instincts, shit. mate. You should have used your zombie ability. I should have. Um, what series is he binging at the moment? And I'm just typing it in because I've never heard of it. Oh, okay. This might actually answer. Mm-hmm. It's you don't you know you don't know this. This is a manga series. Okay. He's into manga, and as we all know, um, manga is of course Japanese for I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. It means like uh, irresponsible animation or something. I'm not sure. I reckon zombie ability would tail. I mean, video games, manga, youth culture, hip hop. Yeah, it's just young. It's people all the same, shit. man. It's young people shit. It's young that people we don't shit. That we, don't, we find it's it just, scary and the, weird. In the general basket, marked not for us. <laughs> uh, Naruto, mate. He watches Naruto. And yeah. uh, the last one is the, the whole reason I wanted to do this pocket profile okay. is his, his best movie of all time is an Adam Sandler movie and it's not okay. one of the good ones. Okay. <laughs> so oh I'm going to give you three cracks at this because I reckon okay. you'll get it within three cracks. Oh, all right. Not one of the um, good ones. And probably, probably signal the start of the end, I reckon. Like we all had a bit of a love affair with him, but this, he started doing a string of films around this time period that was like, oh, geez. Oh. And added clue we've talked about this one on our other podcast Tofop quite a bit because as a joke I bought it for Jen for Christmas because she walked past the poster and said she will never see that film so I bought her the Blu-ray <laughs> gave it to her for Christmas damn is it Little Nicky no later oh no is it Don't Mess With The Zone it is <laughs> his favourite movie of all time is Don't Mess With The Zohan <laughs> What an enigma this man is. Um, uh, all right. That was uh, the pocket profile for this week. Thank you to everyone yeah. um, uh, uh, for listening to our show. And thank you to everyone who's written in to our mailbag. Uh, to do that, you got a Two Guys One Cup on a Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll go through the gram first. Uh, this is from Nick Tam. Does Ben Rutten have the most monotone and uninspiring phrasing and diction in the AFL? Well, I don't know. If you put that three, that AFL 360 sad music and, you know, <laughs> cello behind it, it I think it works quite yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, he's mellow and he needs a cello. <laughs> it, 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 it is the problem with having somebody who speaks like that. When, they, when they're winning, that's like enigmatic and, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's great, you know, how consistent he is. But when they're losing, it doesn't feel... That's true. That was what Richo was like when he was at the Saints. Like, at first it was kind of reassuring and he seemed to be very in control because he used the consistent wording and stuff. And like, all right, well, he's, you know, he's, he's got an approach. But then when you're losing, you're like, would you just stop saying fucking like, you know, that's po- that's a positive and oh, just fucking, Jesus, pleasing, pleasing. Everything's pleasing and positive. You shut up. Uh, th- this is from Jack, Jack, Jack. Why should Goldie have to put up with this shit? <laughs> That is, I'm sure Goldie was thinking that. I don't know if Goldie speaks in the third person like The Rock, but I, 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 w- I would expect he would have said that when he got back to the change rooms. Why does Goldie have to put up with this shit? I mean, I, I did have that thought as well. 
that it, like if you're fucking Goldie, who's served that club very well, and there was a period of time where he definitely could have left and gone oh, to turned down a big more money. And he stayed, and yes, he's not the player that he used to be, but he's still fucking trying. And then, yeah, you're like, you'd be looking at this young guy just going, yeah, I get it. Like, because there's got to be a bit of Goldie that's like, mate, I know better than everybody what's wrong with this joint. I've been here for ages. You've been here for half a fucking year. I stayed, mate. I had the opportunity to go and I stayed. Stop fucking sooking. Uh, Adrian says, um, on Bailey Smith, is it proof that you can never trust a man without a freckle? Is that true? Does Bailey Smith just, not have... Can I, sorry, just before we go back. Yeah. Is maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the Goldie and Jason Horn Francis thing. Because maybe Jason... Like, yeah, Goldie's the dad that never left the hometown. You know? You've got to stay. You've got to work at the mine. Yeah, and yeah. Jason Hall Francis is the kid who's like, I don't want to be like you, Dad. Yeah, look he's at Luke you. Skywalker. Look at you. You've wasted your talent. He wants to get off Tatooine and join place. the rebellion. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so can you trust a man without a freckle, Will? So it um, sounds like Adrian has studied these photos on Bailey Smith's Instagram a little too closely. Is he's suggesting that he has no anus? Is that what he's suggesting? That Bailey Smith is some sort of An- anusless no, person? Yeah. Um, here's what I would say: is but I've never heard the expression "you can't trust someone who has no freckles." No, I just think that's what I mean. I think Adrian has just been poring over that Instagram page just a little too closely. Yeah. But I just think also, Adrian, that's not an expression. <laughs> Loftsy, Loftsy wants to know. Do you think the big freeze game? Uh, do you think the big freeze game slide should be longer, like much, much longer? <laughs> I would yeah. love that 100%. if it stretched from like the top of the one side of the MCG all the way to the other side, and then had a huge evil Knievel style ramp at the end that just sprung them over the adjacent side, the adjacent wall. Yeah, totally water park style. Like yeah. it should be like a water park slide. But here's what I would say: is I watched the sliders today. And uh, I think it's great. It's one of those, it's so fucking daggy. Like, it's like all these celebrities getting dressed up and going down into the, like, it's so delightfully daggy, but they raise so much money for an incredible cause. And it's a really great day on the calendar. Like, I think it's really a special day. And I think good on all the celebrities who who do it. Um, so, uh, Terry Danaher went down the slide today as Crocodile Dundee. And uh, Charlie. It was the best because he, he looked amazing. He'd had the spray tan and everything. Really? And I was like, oh yeah, he, he was definitely the star of the whole day. It was it was amazing. But he's being interviewed uh, by Tim Watson in a little pre-interview, and he's like, uh, "So you're a big fan of Crocodile Dundee?" And Terry's like, "Oh yeah, mate, I love him. He's like my uh, favorite actor ever. I've seen like his movies three times. <laughs> three times." You love it that so, much. That's my favorite guy. I've seen his movies three times. Uh, Darling Scarp says Australian bananas need to sponsor the banana kick. That oh, is yeah. a great bit of marketing. How has that not been thought of yet? I mean, I would have thought that. Get on board. Is it? Is it a because they're a queens like bananas are more sort of like your rugby league states? Is that? Yeah, is that maybe. the problem? Maybe. Well, it's better than that than having some like industri- military industrial complex like sponsored torpedoes. <laughs> Every time like a, a player kicks <laughs> well, a torp, they're like, we're going to bomb another country. <laughs> we're going to drop you know, 500 bombs on this impoverished nation. 
Well, they should talk to Nat, Nat Five. He's in weapons <laughs> development, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, Ma, oh, Mangoriand says, this is the name that always gets me, Mangoriand. Do you think that teams on the bye should play another sport, i.e. dodgeball or volleyball for TV? That'd be great. So, yeah, you're on the bye, but you get yeah. to compete in a completely unrelated sport for one week. What would yeah. the Bulldogs excel at, do you think? If, if they could take on, could be like a game, like could be dodging cars, could be another sport. What do you reckon the Bulldogs are best suited to? European handball. Is that because why you're, you're quick and skillful? But yeah, it's can, all just like, and it's, you know. And you, and you only have to throw it over, an, over a net. It's all <laughs> midfield, basically. Yeah, yeah. European handfield, handball is all skillful midfield. Um, all right, let's jump across to the Twitter and that'll do us for the day. Um, uh, 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 so Tim... Timothy, Tim Moth, triple four on Twitter, uh, has posted a link um, to Western Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge has called for a, a, a scrapping, the AFL scrapping the illicit drugs policy. Tim wants to know what would happen to the league with the illicit drug rule scrapped. Well, I don't think what they're saying is let's legalize it. <laughs> Suddenly it's got much. I think they're saying let's just change, uh, let, let, let's separate this kind of, uh, 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 the approach of illicit drugs and mental health. Because the two seem to go hand in hand. So, but also, is this like an opportunity for get, to get the Tasmanian team over the line, or is this a chance for Chopper Bevo Chopper to sneak in some product into the oh, AFL? Yeah. Is that why he's come out? Is it? Oh, you know, I've got a, uh, <laughs> like, I've got a semi driving over from Adelaide, <laughs> some hardcore biker speed. I want to get it across the water. Well, I think the AFL needs to change it. If they know it's good for them, they'll bloody change it. You know that Canberra has just decriminalised illicit drugs right like a small quantity of illicit drugs so if like gws you know want to play more home games in canberra does that mean that like when they're in canberra if they want to go out on a saturday night like in canberra that's fine because you're in the right place so like it's you know decriminalized there could tasmania do the same thing is this how they lure players to tasmania like yeah. the tasmanian government like passes a law that says we're going to decriminalize illicit drugs so if you're like playing a game in tasmania you can like get as many bags as you want and it's fine you're not breaking any laws uh matt wants to know when, when before charlie was married did he ever think he was a brownlow medal i.e in his mind when a group of women were looking at him were they saying to themselves who will be taking charlie home tonight oh yeah i should have done that so i should i should have just called myself charlie brownlow clausen who's going to be taking oh. charlie home tonight I mean, you did have that uh, rostrum uh, before you went into your living room that all the <laughs> yeah. girls had to stand on and dwell around. A media so. wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Ramshead has just finished the last one. It says, I never knew there were so many, many medical degrees in the commentary box. I missed that today. Was that something that was going on with all the, the D's injuries? Were people? Uh, it's probably also the head clashes and the... Oh, yeah. There was a lot, there's a lot of commentary around whether the doctors should be examining various different things. And I think there's a lot of um, talk around that in the AFL at the moment. Suddenly everyone's an expert on that should be a concussion test. And if the doctor says that it isn't, then suddenly it becomes a bit of a conspiracy. I love an angry Ken Hinckley. And when he was questioned about that yeah. after the Tigers and Port game, where he was just, he just got like a high school teacher. He was yeah. like, Are okay. You? So the guy who yeah. made that decision is yeah. a doctor and has been our doctor yeah. for 25 years. 25 so you're saying years. you're smarter... 
than a doctor. Than a doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I guess we all well, take the night off. Yeah, yeah, this journal's years uh, knows more than a doctor. <laughs> no more than a twenty-five a doctor of twenty-five years. So <laughs> it's a love like, angry Ken in Cleveland. Poor Jay Clark, who was oh, it, Jay? Right. And Jay, like, just, you should have just stopped talking, Jay. He kept kind of going, but it's in the, you'd agree it's in the inter- well, no, Jay, 20, 25 years. He's a doctor. Are you also a doctor? I, I trust Doctor Dre over you, Jay Z. <laughs> And that's as good a spot as any to live. Thank you for listening again to uh, Two Guys One Cup, exclusive to the listener app. We have uh, a Tofop. Uh, we have a yes. podcast network called Tofop. You can check it out at tofop.com. Uh, Will and I do another podcast, which is much like this one. He and I talking about nonsense during the week, and then we do another one called Fofop, where we talk to guests. And who's on this week, Will? Uh, this week, a musical artist, uh, an excellent conversationalist, Ben Lee. He has a new album and a new single, and uh, but we just talk about cults and life and creativity. It's a fun episode, so check that out. At tofop.com. And we'll be back next week. If you miss us in the meantime, don't forget, Thursday afternoons on Instagram Live, we give our tips when we remember to do it. So uh, just check our Instagram page Thursday morning. We normally put up a little, uh, a little thing in our stories letting you know what's going to happen. But for now... Play on, not 15. We are two guys, one car. Listener.